Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 38. I'm Kip Clark. And I'm Caroline Borders. And today, we have a guest in the studio with us, Maureen Hoff. Hello! And we are going to be discussing Megan Trainer, who is a pop star that has become particularly well-known in recent months. And we're going to play a few clips from some of her songs right now. So those clips you just heard in order were from All About That Bass and Dear Future Husband, both songs we're going to discuss. So Maureen, you want to start with All About That Bass. Obviously, we have articles and other things that we're going to discuss, but where would you like to begin with that song specifically? I guess an important thing to note about the song for me personally, at least, is that when I first heard the song, I was so enamored. And I ran around my house playing the song on repeat and doing the dishes with my little brother, and he was getting mad because I kept making him press the repeat button on YouTube so Mm -hmm. we could listen to the song again. So I think that's a testament to how catchy the stuff that she's writing is, and also that it's accessible, at least at first, that you're like, oh, this is fun. We're having fun. I agree. I think the mood of the song is definitely very interesting. I also think that the lyrics, like you, I think, are alluding to, aren't initially analyzed by mm-hmm. listeners, and it sort of takes a while. I think you said something about taking a few months before there was any blowback. Yeah, well, and I think that also it's a clever pairing that she came up with, because someone's, like, apparently the guy that she was right, that she wrote the song with, I think this was in one of the articles that we read. Maybe it was in something that I read outside of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in one of the articles, she was talking about writing the song with Carl and how he was saying he wanted to write something about girls who have a lot of bass. And she was saying, okay, well, you need to pair that with something, because he didn't have a pairing for that. And she was saying, well, treble's like the high stuff, the skinny stuff. Mm-hmm. And then bass is like big and low Low. and so that's a clever pairing that she has and then also there's something so cool in both of them that they kind of are this calling back to like this Motown doo-wop kind of style of music in a way when right now we're getting a lot of electronic and a lot of the same type of like I don't know, music when it's something that sounds different than a lot of what's on the radio. Yeah, I mean, I think her lyrics are clever. They're smart. There's a lot of wordplay in them, that metaphor of bass and treble. But it's not pretentious. People know what she's talking about, even if she's using a metaphor. People know. But I think it's effective songwriting. I absolutely agree. Two things that I would point out to people who might not know this, because I think you and I, Caroline, were pretty shocked to find out. She's our age. She was born December 22nd, 1993, so she's about 21. I'm older than her. Exactly. I can't believe it. <laughs> and she, yeah, she definitely puts on, I think, an older persona or image 
in some of her songs, or at least that vibe, I definitely thought she was maybe late 20s, early 30s. And also, she writes a lot of her own songs, which I think is important. Obviously, you reach a certain point where surely there are producers and other people affecting what you're doing, but she won a ton of contests around her high school age, and that's actually how she got discovered for songwriting, and I think, Maureen, you know a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. Well, she went to Berklee College of Music, so she's clearly talented. I didn't know that. Yeah. My sister went there. Well, also, an interesting thing about Berklee College of Music is that when you enroll there, that the first day of orientation, they sit you down and they say, if you graduate, we've failed you. And so you learn a ton at Berkeley within a very short amount of time. So if she was there, like she's learning how to be a catchy lyricist and musician all at once. But also what's interesting in her lyrics is that which is a lot more apparent in Dear Future Husband, she kind of loses her train a little bit in some of her lyrics. She'll be going with a message and you'll be really into it. And then randomly there will be a little piece that doesn't match what she's just been talking about. So I feel like it took about a month or so for there to be blowback on All About That Bass, which I think is important. I think that people should be talking about it and the message that it is perpetuating in that she jokingly bashes skinny girls in the song and she's like, haha, I'm kidding. However... The haha, I'm kidding, is kind of lost beneath a bunch of music when she moves on really quickly. Right. And even though you're saying that was a joke, you still said it. Absolutely. And exactly. I mean, I think a lot of her, like you were saying in My Future Husband, her train of thought kind of dies. I mean, in, in All About That Bass, she's like, I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. But then it's, then she's like, oh, like everyone's perfect. There's a lot of ideas put into it, but then they're kind of contradictory and hypocritical. And Because I didn't really know about Megan Trainer until I was abroad for a semester. So I kind of came back and I was like, oh, there's this song on the radio, like whatever. And I kind of just really only really listening to these songs for the first time yesterday. I found them just kind of confusing. I heard, oh, like self-acceptance, but also of me and my type of body. But then also everyone's perfect. I don't know. It was really kind of a confusing analysis for me. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. One thing that sort of strikes me as problematic is that she talks about perhaps portraying a positive body image for larger women, but at the same time does make that joke about skinny women, and I feel like, or skinny people in general, I just think it's rather unfortunate that, at least in the context of that song, you can only really raise one up by putting the other down, and I think that's incredibly problematic, but I also know that's my interpretation. That's not necessarily what she was going for. I mean, yes, that it, like, is totally something that happens and is such a problem. However, I feel like, first of all, what's interesting is that she's saying, I'm all about that base. And she's not saying, everyone's all about that base. Everyone loves big booty girls, no one else. Which right. is interesting that she's saying, this is my body and I love my body. And yeah, that's awesome. And so then she has these throwaway lines, though. So, like, instead of the part where she says, everybody's perfect being the problematic line for me, I feel like she loses her train when she then will throw something in because you can tell she's kind of fishing for a rhyme, which she also talks about when they ask her. I know we read an article about how the interviewer was asking her about the line where she says, my mom told me boys like a little more booty to hold at night. That's a clever line. However, she's using the male gaze as a reason to love your own body. Right. And she makes it that men love this, but men don't love that. But she very clearly is just like, haha, this is a funny throwaway line. And that's what's problematic though, when you're in the 
public eye and everything that you say is kind of taken as this is how you feel and this is what people are going to take from it. I have a lot of mixed feelings on her because I also think with that line, that's also an important thing for her to tell people that because something that is often fed to bigger girls is that you will not find someone and no one will love you if you do not look like this and you do not fit into this. And so the fact that she's saying that probably did comfort a lot of people. I mean, that one article we read where she said that some father came up to her after a concert and was like, you saved my daughter's life. I was like, oh no. (laughs) But I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I mean, I think I mean, in this interview that we read, the interviewer would ask her, like, oh, like, you're getting a lot of flack for, like, this. And she'd be like, I just wrote a funny song. I'm just, it seems very naive, in my opinion. Like, which. Well, but I do, I mean, I do think it's weird, though, that she's getting flack. Because, first of all, I was having a conversation with someone today about her because I'm really fired up about Megan Trainer in general. I was saying how. It's also the way she's being marketed. Like, she's being marketed as this eschewing of the expectations of just, like, Hollywood in general. Mm-hmm. And so she is kind of, yeah, she's, like, this new thing that she's a new type of pop star that hasn't been out there. But she's being packaged and branded that way. And so, first of all, like, if they're going to make her the face of this thing, yes, she's young. And, yes, she's obviously, like, missing some information. But I feel like someone should give her that information, like, give her a book that's like hey <laughs> you're talking about some stuff and you should like have a little more to back it up i mean she's she literally claims she's not a feminist it's bizarre well but she i mean she has talked about that and said how she's not a feminist however then people kind of got on her for that and she was up front and was like i shouldn't label myself i'm really young right and i think that's interesting i think you guys talk about getting her a book or educating her on something i think that's a very wise suggestion i would say from what i know of a pop star's life you're running around and doing so many things that from what we've said she left high school and immediately started in this career you do lose time for actually sitting down studying things absorbing them and you're constantly thinking about your next song and the tour that's coming up so i'm not so much defending the fact that she doesn't necessarily know a lot of feminist issues frankly i know that i don't know a lot of feminist issues but i think that her chance to learn them might be a bit hindered by the lifestyle that she currently has but it's not even that you're like you should take the time to educate yourself on this it's more that it's obviously something that she cares a lot about that she's sitting there and talking about these issues but she doesn't have the stuff to back she has the thoughts but not the language to express them yeah i completely agree and also i think you've got to look at other pop stars that it's very recent that we're seeing pop stars like taylor swift just got a handle on what feminism is and beyonce just started actually saying that she was a feminist and it was a big deal that she had actually said that because in the past she had said she wasn't a feminist because when you are a pop star who labels yourself as a feminist you are putting yourself out there for tons of people to say i'm not going to listen to that pop star anymore because so many people do have a misconception of what feminism is and they look at it as women against men all men should die and women are number one now and Mm -hmm. so when there is a girl who doesn't understand what it means of course she's not going to sit there and go well you know i'm going to label myself as that i get the fact that she's trying to be a famous person and she's trying to make a lot of money and that doesn't make it okay but i mean that adds logic to it yeah i mean it seems like either choose to make money Because that's really what she is. I mean, like, in this article, the chairman of her record label was like, you're a pop star and I'm going to sign you and you're going to shake your butt. I mean, like, a lot of issues with that. But 
it just says that, I mean, she's like a vessel for capitalist money making. I mean, that's basically what it seems like she is. Mm-hmm. So it's confusing to me. Do that. Make catchy songs and make them a little less controversial because it seems like you don't know what you're talking about. I hear you. I would ask what you two think of this quote from the Forbes article by Nick Mesite. He says, the update we have in Megan Trainer is one of a sexual reawakening. Whereas Adele didn't bow to gimmicks of sexuality, Megan Trainer is all about those gimmicks. She might say she isn't a Barbie doll, but in her hugely successful video, she's dressed like one, in a fetishized mini-dress, giving come-hither stares at the camera while writhing on a bed, slinking her hands down further and further south. I don't know if I necessarily felt she was overly sexualized, but I see what he's saying, and I'd be curious to see how you two read that. It struck me watching the video for the first time, literally yesterday, if we're talking about my future husband, it struck me as really strange, like, oh, there's this image in front of me, but what is coming out of her mouth is, like, the opposite. I'm literally writhing on the floor in, like, suds of soap, and I'm saying, like, don't you expect me to cook you dinner? Or, like, I'm only gonna have sex with you if you tell me I'm beautiful. Like, it just seems so weird to me. I mean, it is weird because it's so contradictory in a lot of ways, but also it's not contradictory in the sense that she's trying to sell the opposite of what's being sold. The point is that they're trying to make, I think, in packaging her this way is that she's all that's on the market right now, like for what she is, because Adele, who first of all, hasn't made stuff in a long time, she never was selling her body in that way. And so Megan Trainer is kind of offering up this like new thing that is also sexy. I, don't, I like, I'm like not surprised that she's selling it. You know, like how else is she going to sell it? Because uh, so if you look at artists like Janelle Monet, who is an awesome songwriter, an awesome singer and just everything and performer, she never sexualizes herself. And that's a big part of her brand is that she does not dress sexily. She wears these suits and the point is to stay covered. And she has talked about how that has kept her from reaching a level that she would like to reach, but she's refusing to kind of concede to that. Right. So before we move on to Dear Future Husband, do either of you have any concluding thoughts on All About That Bass? I see how it is a positive body image song. However, I think it trivializes a lot of what constitutes a positive body image. And I think that's problematic. I see how it isn't a positive body song. However, I very recently decided that I'm so frustrated with people attacking her specifically, not because I have anything invested in her or look at these songs and go, wow, this is so good for all women. However, I feel like there are so many other things to attack. And that's not to say that she shouldn't be attacked, but I was saying earlier how I was listening to this song on the radio and then right after it came the song by T.I. called No Mediocre, which is just listing reasons why he wouldn't sleep with a woman if she looked like certain things. And no one has said anything to him in interviews because it's just like, ha ha ha, boys will be boys. And you know what? They can have their preferences. But it just infuriated me that these were paired together. It's a double standard. And she is just torn apart. And that's not to say that she shouldn't be talked to about these things. But like someone else say to some, like to these guys who are saying these disgusting things, hey, maybe don't make women feel that way. Because I actually heard that song by T.I. and was like, I'm worthless. Okay, I don't fit any of those checkboxes. That sucks. And so I do think it's interesting that her intention is to kind of make people feel good who often aren't made to feel good in these spheres. Right. So then turning to Dear Future Husband, which was the second clip that we played, and I would encourage all of you listening to actually listen to the full song. I think it's very interesting and watch the music video if you can. She says some very interesting things. For me, what stuck out 
and I think was a theme across the song for me, is that while I think husbands and wives and any partners should treat each other equally, her song emphasized a pedestal approach in which a wife is put very, very high and sort of fawned over by the husband. I don't think that's healthy for any human being, regardless of gender or other discernible qualities. I think you should be treated as a human being Otherwise, it will go to your head. And I just think some of the things she said, which we will get into, were a bit problematic. So my question to either of you would be, were there certain lines that stuck out to you that you remember as being frustrating or weird or uncomfortable to hear? Well, I think of the two songs that we're talking about, this one is like a clear sign of her kind of getting lost in her songwriting sometimes. In the first verse, in the first half, she's like, take me on a date, I deserve a break, don't forget the flowers every anniversary, because if you treat me right, I'll be the perfect wife, buying groceries, buying what you need. But then right after that, she says, you've got that nine to five, so I'm not gonna be home baking you apple pies. So she just told us, if you treat me correctly, I will do the idyllic housewifey things. I'll be out buying you what you want. But then right after that, she goes to the message, which I think is what she meant in writing the song, that you have a job, I've got a job, I'm a songwriter, and that's what I have to offer to this, that like, I'm the pop star of this relationship and that's what I can bring to the table, which I don't take issue with the fact that she writes a song that's called Dear Future Husband. I don't think that's a negative thing for her to be saying like, I probably will get married and like, here's my message to that person that I may someday be with. But she flip-flops in her message in a way. I agree. I think a lot of it is like, I'm not going to be this, but I'll be this, which is kind of corresponding to what I just said I wouldn't be. And the whole thing, it's like, if you do this, I'll do this. And I don't, that's not what a marriage should be. First of all, it's like marriage is part of our society. It's, it's there and most people will get married. And especially this day and age, I think a lot of people have issues with this song because a girl is not supposed to be so outward about marriage. So like we are strong, independent women and we don't need a husband and we're going to you know have our nine to five and we don't need someone else to be paired with us in that way and I think it's okay that she's so like oh I I'm outward about this I'm gonna have a a husband like that's fine but I think the whole like if you tell me I'm beautiful I'm gonna have sex with you like I that was like oh no (laughs) I agree and I think it sends a very problematic message to younger girls who are perhaps listening but I really really disliked I think in the middle of the song or so the verse goes after every fight just apologize and maybe then I'll let you try and rock my body right even if I was wrong you know I'm never wrong why disagree why why disagree which don't get me wrong sometimes people make very valid points that others are unwilling to listen to or hear but every human being in the world has at some point been incorrect about something and I think her presumption that a wife or maybe just in her marriage is always correct isn't fair and I think you're being deaf to potentially reasonable points of your husband or spouse or like the line you gotta know how to treat me like a lady even when I'm acting crazy tell me everything is all right and it's like you know if you're acting crazy not sure that he needs be gentle but tell someone that they're maybe acting the notion of crazy and right it's very complex it's very complex she's making I think that to me isn't even that she's saying if I'm acting crazy, let's not talk about it. Like I get to be how I want to be. I feel like instead she's playing on this idea of women being just absolutely insane. Always. We just fly off the handle. And so in that joke, I feel like she's trying to make a joke and she does this. She makes these throwaway jokes and you're like, Oh, like every joke that you make, it's like, (laughs) but please don't. It's like, treat me like a lady. Like, It's just the rhyme just gets mixed up in the meaning of what she's trying to say. I mean, it'd be great if she could be like, even when I'm acting what you would think as crazy, 
you need to try to see it from my perspective. And maybe from that, she says, treat me like a lady. And that's what she's getting at. But like, it does. It just dies mm-hmm. because she's trying to make a clever lyric. One thing I would ask that I found very interesting, she spends the entire song describing her ideal husband, not so much how she's ideally going to be acting, which I think is interesting. She's not really painting an ideal wife. And obviously it's a heteronormative image and that in and of itself is excluding a lot of people. But just within a, a male-female husband-wife relationship, she's not talking about what she's going to do. And I think that's really interesting and problematic in many ways. And I'd be curious to hear what you two think. I mean, in a way, she is saying what she'll do, and it's that she'll have sex with her husband. Like, face everything mm-hmm. that she offers, she's like, if you do this for me, I'll give you kisses. Don't have a dirty mind, but we all know that I'm talking about exactly. sex. Right. And like, just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, like, oh, I'm going to make a, what was it, like... Instead of, it was something that rhymed with head, and instead she's like, kisses. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to sleep on the left side of the bed, and I'll give you. Yeah. And she pauses, and it's there's an obvious implied rhyme there, which yeah. describes sex. So. But also, I think it's interesting in watching the video for this song that the video, it shows two kids, like, playing at domesticity in a really interesting way. It opens with them kind of practicing courting, right. which when you bring in kids showing that it's like a generational thing kind of makes things a little more eerie and serious, which I thought was interesting as a vibe for the video. But then also that these men that she is, I don't know, engaging in these affairs with and is like trying to pick the right man. First of all, they keep doing all the things that she's asking for and she doesn't like it. Like they keep failing. They'll right. stamp a fail over their face when they make her a really nice dinner, but scallops gross her out. So he fails. Or then another one takes her to a carnival and does the mallet thing and he can't get the weight up to real man status. Mm-hmm. And so, but then at the end, the man who brings her a pizza right. and is willing to bro out with her, he <sighs> wins the competition which is interesting because literally everything else that she's talked about in the song is saying you need to give me like diamond rings and then everyone gave her that and she's like no 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 I just but want someone to sit on the couch exactly. with exactly mm-hmm. I'm gonna be the cool girl and yeah, like yeah. I just want a pizza like, yeah kidding like and the whole aesthetic of the 1950s in that music video is I mean it just it's domesticity it's right. everything right. like the housewife and because that's the thing is so when I first heard this song okay again I was like wow like she is I like didn't listen super closely to it I just heard like dear future husband and her saying like I'm not going to be your housewife and being like yeah like way to go and it's this 50s doo-wop so she's subverting this era when so many songs are saying the complete opposite and they were very specific and pretty weird and so she was writing this song and it's clever in that way she has these moments of cleverness you're like good job bud but then she kills it all and so each of these videos and songs has this like 50s doo-wop kind of feel to it and then the video matches that vibe and then it becomes problematic it's yeah yeah. she's using that vibe but she's saying like the opposite of what that era evokes and then it becomes more than anything confusing if you're just watching it to watch it then you're kind of like okay these lyrics are like oh i i'm a working woman and i'm like maybe i don't know how to cook and that's okay but then everything about that video is just 50s housewife it feels like 50 percent of her is trying to create a parody and then 50 percent of her is trying to create something sincere and then it gets muddled as to what you're trying to actually do because the issues she's talking about are so relevant that people don't want to joke about it people don't want to listen to a song and say oh this is just clever and fun and witty 
because that's not what those issues require. Those issues are really important in, in this day and age. And I think people are just kind of using her to capitalize on that mm-hmm. rather than saying like these are really serious issues and they need to be treated seriously and instead they're just like oh well these are hot topics so we'll make her sing about them and she can wear some pleather and that's great god she (laughs) she loves the pleather she's hot though this is something important to say i feel like she's packaged as a plus size woman and she is she's not not. plus size she She is hot that's that's also i mean not to say okay to clarify i'm also not saying that if you're plus size you're not hot however i'm just saying she is so hot, and it's also really frustrating that they're like, God, she's so big. Exactly. She's, she's That's <laughs> the thing. Like, I, I, And I think that's the point of a song like All About That Bass. She's trying to make the average body what is okay. And, yeah. And, but the song is, a, is like, totally a huge dichotomy between big and small. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's that's not what I think she's trying to do, yeah. but it's what she's doing. So, yeah. And it's also dangerous, though, if she is the thing that's labeled as big, though, you know? know. That's, like, ridiculous. <laughs> In closing, what would you two urge our audience to think about? Any questions or particular things you'd want them to consider or look at? With everything in the music industry today, I think it's really easy to just blame the artist and the icon. And I think you need to look at the capitalist context that it's in. That being said, she cannot just look at her music so naively and say, this is just a big joke and I'm just having fun and this is the dream and whatever. Because with the issues that she wants to talk about, she needs to clarify what she's actually trying to do with them. Because she is writing the songs at the end of the day. Well, and I'd say to kind of look at the fact that it's interesting that of all of the artists that people are attacking, they're choosing the woman who embodies, like, not the norm of body types. And because that is new and kind of uncomfortable, she's the one who gets attacked as opposed to all these other people that are perpetuating the complete opposite, but we've become so desensitized to that that it's just like exactly i mean that's fine but she's now shaming other people stop it but we haven't stopped the other thing so exactly and it's fine for rappers to say whatever they want about like big butts and like a tiny waist yeah if we want to go back it does their mix a lot um and like you just said i mean we've just become so desensitized and used to these things and she should not be the victim in this sure partially but not the entire thing. I think there's a lot more to talk about. I agree. I would urge listeners to think about messages of music that we don't always think about. Obviously, we've all gotten songs stuck in our heads and lyrics that maybe we remember but don't fully understand. And I think it's important to think about the words that are behind the music, which we just sort of absorb if the song is musical or well-written instrumentally or vocally. And I think that, as always, if lyrics are included, they should be considered. So before we sign off, Maureen, Thank you very much for joining us. I was glad to have you on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I had a wonderful time. So glad to have you with us. And of course, if any of you out there have comments, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So please feel free to tweet at us. Our Twitter is stride and saunter. You can reach us at email, strideandsaunter at gmail.com. We have a Facebook account, which is stride and saunter. And please visit our website, strideandsaunter.com. And as always, we thank you all for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off. And Caroline Borders, we'll see you next time.